Alright everybody, hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Pack Off and Touchdown. As always, it's your guy, Bully Ride, back at it again, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making me part of your day, presented by Anchor Podcasts. Remember to go and like and subscribe and leave a review wherever it is that you get your podcasts to help other people find the show. If there's another way you want to find me on social media, go to Twitter, search for at Tapouts and TDs and give me a follow. Search for me on Facebook at Tapouts and Touchdowns and the email to the show, touchdowns at gmail.com. Earlier this year, we brought you a, uh, a listener request uh, and we have something similar here. Uh, longtime listener Nick Opaluski has asked us to review Monday Night Raw from May 17th, 1993. And before we get into reviewing it, we have to welcome back Tap Out and Touchdowns wrestling correspondent PJ Steven to do the live watch along. PJ, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing all right. I have put my popcorn to the side so there's no crunching, even though some people are into that with the whole ASMR, ASMR, LGBTQ, whatever it's called. People are into that. Uh, I don't like popcorn. So here we go. I've had a little bit too much. I've had a little bit too much to drink too. So we're going to have fun here. So this show uh, from the timestamp is a 47 minute and three second show. So this, this watch along will not be a three hour watch along that we may, we, we may have had (laughs) if it was a wrestling pay-per-view. So PJ, Steven and I are, are, have loaded up on Peacock uh, at the same time from our different houses and we are going to do a countdown so you can watch along with us. Uh, so without further ado, three, two, one, play. And we are going with the live intro. Oh, man, this brings me back. Yeah, look at this, man. It's been a while since I've definitely been a while since I've seen this. Huh. Yeah, this, this is, this is, you got Bret Hart. You saw Razor Ramon in here for a while. There's, the old, there was Taker. Yeah, the old WWF logo. We may be about a second off here. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, live from the Manhattan Center. And you hear uh, good old Vince McMahon on commentary. I'm trying to turn off subtitles so that I don't have to see them. Uh, wow, old school with the girl, the, the ring girl in a bikini. Oh, look and, at Sav- Look how good Savage looks oh, right there. Oh, man, I love that black and red macho man, Bobby Heenan on commentary with Vince McMahon. Oh, man. What do we have here? Is this the Special Olympics? It might be. And that's Randy pretty. That's Savage really cool. There. Hell yeah, that's really cool. Oh yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah, this is definitely got to be the Special Olympics. Very sick, uh, man. Good for kid, that kid. Kid doing a deadlift with Macho Man behind him. Looked like Dale Earnhardt might have been in the background too. Uh, I'm trying to hear what's going on here without you hearing it come through the microphone. And they're mentioning Razor Ramon here and a ring girl in a yellow bikini. How, Howard, Howard, Finkel. Howard Finkel's like, get the hell out of the ring. I have to do the announcing. Get out of here, you pretty lady. Here's like, he's like, hey, hey, girl, you didn't want nothing to do with me before the show. You're not going to yeah. have anything to do with me here. Uh, this is my show now. The Fink uh, gives you, tells you what to do. Yep. You aren't going to outthink the Fink here. The Fink gets to tell you to get the fuck out of my ring. Who's champion here, uh, Bully? Is it Bret Hart, 93? Uh, I, I think Bobby Heenan just called it out, but I missed it. Uh, God, just seeing Bobby Heenan makes me miss Bobby Heenan. What a Agreed. What a what a wrestling treasure he was. Oh, there's uh, uh, Vla- Vladimir in the back. Uh, that that one of the guys in the crowd that I met at Wrestle, uh, oh, WrestleMania yeah, Access and WrestleCon. Yep. Love him. We, oh, here's the, here we got a heartbreak kid promo here. Yep, and I forgot who this announcer guy is, but I'm pretty sure he did something at NXT Takeover uh, recently. This is HBK is the Intercontinental oh. Champion at this time, oh, and now we get Mister Perfect and Sean. Oh, Michaels we get a brawl like on the out. Right? Okay, yeah, this is that fun. did look like a, that was that was stiff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it throws him into the car, but yeah, he knocked the glasses off of Shawn Michaels' face. And he is laying in, he being Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, laying in some stiff shots. And oh, oh man, throwing him on the hood of the car in Manhattan. But 
Like to some people though, it's just like, yep, this is just Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, this like, hey, this is New York. We we used to this shit. Uh, but man, yeah, I think a, that's a is that a fan in the jeans just trying to pull them apart? That is a fan. That was oh a fan. my god, that's great. Like that's that's straight up like. I mean, that's what they were. I mean, this is in 1993, so this is relatively new stuff. There's a kid over there that's just trying to watch it, and you got someone. You know, there's a couple kids over there that are just seeing what's going on. You got people trying to hold the crowd back. Um, there's that guy in the jeans again trying to break up this brawl. But for 1993, this is uh, this is fun. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. You don't see like the the outdoor fights and Lord Alfred Hayes. Alfred that's Hayes, that's who it was. Oh man, what a what a fun little spot here where Shawn Michaels and Mister Perfect were going at it. That's something that, considering a few years later we'd get Rick Rude with with Shawn Michaels and Triple H and DX for a short period of time. Rick Rude being the only person to ever show up on Monday Night Raw and WCW Monday Nitro on the same night, uh, but seeing uh, his Real life best friend, Mr. Perfect, go out with Shawn Michaels was a was a sight to be seen here in the smoking guns. Oh, the smoking guns. Look at Bart and Billy Gunn. Billy and their, Gunn and Bart Gunn. Oh western get-ups. And I believe they had cap guns at this time that they would shoot off. I think they did. And here we go. Yeah. Oh, that that wouldn't go well today, especially not with no, that. it would not. Not with this climate. Oh man. The red bandanas, the cowboy hats. What a fun look, considering Billy Gunn will become Mr. Us. Versus oh, dude, and, uh, and Glenn, Glenn Ruth. Ruth. You, know who, you know who Glenn Ruth is, right? That would be uh, Thrasher from the, uh, why can I call their, their tag team name? Head, the Headbangers. The Headbangers, yes. You had Mosh and Thrasher. Chaz, yeah. uh, Chaz was Mosh, and Glenn, yeah, Glenn was, I actually had a, a Twitter interaction with, with Thrasher uh, when I first joined Twitter a few years ago. How about that? And seeing him in a generic singlet and another another kid here. You know, generic- my uh, my first, uh, like, uh, how I first found out about the Headbangers was WWF Warzone, the video game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had it for the N64, and if you play it as one of the Headbangers, you hear Vince say, real men wear skirts? Well, if they say so, I'll never forget yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I love the Headbangers, dude. I used to love... And here comes Glenn Ruth in the ring. I didn't get to see the name of the other guy, uh, but I don't think it's even come out of him. But you see uh, Thrasher, uh, future Thrasher, uh, here in a pink and black striped singlet. Glenn Ruth here. Real um, men wear pink. Oh, almost a sling blade there by Billy yeah, there. Yeah, look at that with the with the Cactus Jack bang bang after it. Yeah. Nice it's, little... it's more like shoot a McGavin. Yeah, shoot a. Ha-ha, shoot shoot <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little botch here at a double, double, uh, what is it? The Russian leg sweep, a little botch going into it. Yep, it was a shooter because he, he put it back in his pocket. What a, what a fun little spot there. <laughs> a lot of hot tags here. Uh, Bart Gunn tag, tagging Billy Gunn right back in. Billy always chewing that gum. You know, crazy Good. thing, uh, they're both sporting some, some killer mullets here. The mullets are back. What do you mean back? mullets are have you not paid attention mullets are back in style oh would, my god you would never catch me dead wearing one uh partially because the the business in the front is starting to leave me I'm, i don't have a whole lot going on in the front uh so the party in the back would just that would just be it it would be nothing in the front miss tag there by by bark gun uh but not so much of a, of a business in the front but it'd be all party in the back kind of like the hulk hogan look is what i'd probably be going for these days See, I, I have such great hair that I'm going to lose it by the time I'm 30 because that's just the way my life is. I want to mention this is Bill Alfonso as the referee who was it who sure will later is. be going to ECW as Sabu and Taz's manager. Yeah, we talked about ECW barely barely legal where Bill Alfonso would turn on Taz uh, after that match with Sabu. That's yep. a good catch. I did not recognize Bill Alfonso here. What a man. God, this I remember when when the WWE Network before they were Peacock. I first uh, the first night that we had the WWE Network, um, I started watching the old Monday Night Raws. So I've seen this one, but it's already been three or four years since I've seen this one again. And uh, this is just as fun as the first time that I or the first time that I rewatched 
Uh, you know the you know the first thing I watched when I got the network. I would imagine I watched, it would probably be Vader versus Sting at, at uh, Slamboree. It was not actually. Uh, I watched that later on because that was not on there at the time. I looked. oh yeah, it took a while for them to get a lot of the WCW stuff on there. But what they did have on there was one of my favorite WCW pay per views, uh, Uncensored '98, with Savage and Hogan in a cage. And before then, there was a really good match between Sting and Scott Hall for the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Dusty Rhodes coming out with Hall and just really good stuff there. So that's the first thing I watched. Yeah, they are they are putting some work to Glenn Ruth. I guess they did not trust the the short long haired blonde guy that's in the corner they are taking it to thrasher here i'm glad that oh Ooh. oh what was that oh that was billy almost gunn. terrible billy gunn hits a back body drop on glenn ruth with a turned rough into a, pile driver yeah it turned into it looks like they were trying to turn him over for a power bomb but instead bark gun catches him with a pile driver for the double team win that could have gone really badly but the, the smoking guns go over against the jobbers here uh, the other, the, the short blonde guy didn't even make an attempt to get the save. Uh, Barca or Billy Gunn was sitting there waiting on him, but he was not going in there. Look at Todd Patton. Go. This is Todd. Oh, that was funny. Oh, man. Look at that shirt. Purple flowered motherfucker. Oh, I miss Todd Patton. I was so glad when they brought him back to that NXT in your house. I, uh, my best part, my, my best memories of Todd Pettengill was on, uh, it was, there was one, it was Coliseum home video. Yep. Uh, he would do all those all those voiceovers. Um, but then uh, I think I remember it was a WWF in your house video game uh, that was for the PlayStation console, the original PlayStation console. And I believe I remember him doing the commercial for that game. And that was one of the only one of the few WWF games that I think featured the Ultimate Warrior and Vader. I mean, ah, interesting. Yeah, it was. I, I've got to go back and look at that roster because that video game had a great roster. As we see, Macho Man and Bobby Heenan on commentary without without uh, the Boss Man. Oh, Boss Man's in the ring, ready for an interview. He's in, he's in. He's in the ring here. I'll tell you, man. One day we should do a um, history of, of WWE video games or something. Just kind of wrestling go video the... games in general. Yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels, yeah. Intercontinental Champion, with the best, still the best. Uh, looking at championship belt, I believe, in the history of wrestling. I don't know why they did away with it to bring it back to replace it with a shitty looking intercontinental championship belt, the old white stripe, the gold plates. Uh, I do the, love this here. It's the best incarnation of a championship belt. In, God, in, Michael, Michaels looks good here too with the, the black and then the, the silver crosses and shit. Yeah. This is good stuff. He is also, oozing. Oozing, oozing what? You were going to say oozing machismo? Is that what you were going to say? I was not going to say machismo, but uh, I would rather have said that. I was going to say oozing that sexy boyish that he always has, of course. Yeah, he's got. I'm seeing some crosses hanging from that. What is, I'm trying to hear what the crowd's chanting. It's something that has to be derogatory. Um, but if you're paying attention here, he is also sporting a sort of mullet, if uh, a much longer one than the smoking guns. But uh, you can see a bunch of uh, a bunch of, of crosses hanging from his 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 top. You know, attire gear. What would you What would you call that? Top, top sleeve, top. I don't know what though. Chestless shirt. Yeah, it's a chestless shirt. It's like a dog collar with shoulder sleeves. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good question. What's the I, I, definition I would wear that of on, that? I wear that on stage, honestly. Yeah, I couldn't pull that off. I would look more like Bastion Booger if I tried to wear something like this. You look more like uh, Gold Dust when he was doing the BDSM character in the late nineties. Yeah, I would be like the the bizarre, the true bizarre Gold Dust when he was coming out with Luna Bashan. Mm, yeah, that was some weird shit with the ball gag and shit. Yeah, speaking of Luna, you you get a chance to catch while we still see an interview segment with Shawn Michaels and Vince McMahon. So you're not missing much here. Um, Luna Bashan, did you catch her Dark Side of the Ring episode? No, I did not. I need to. Uh, usually, I wait for all that shit to come out on Hulu if I can't grab a YouTube um, link. But I actually haven't begun to. I I really didn't take the time to look. Was it really good? It was. It was a pretty interesting watch. Um, obviously. So I'm not sure if you're aware. She trained under the fabulous Mula. Right. They've yeah. already done a dark side of the ring with the fabulous Mula and what she made her girls do. So um, Luna was was brought into the business in that that sort of. Uh, situation. Um, I did not realize that she came in 
if you remember an old, I believe it was an old NWA spot where she was uh, like a, the reporter for a magazine um, and was like hit by Kevin Sullivan and like had this basically demonic takeover and they shaved off half her head and this, this nice little, you know, well-dressed new, uh, you know, sports reporter, you know, news anchor, whatever the case was, uh, would become this, this crazy Luna Vachon. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty wild seeing the transformation where she, she Interesting. turned into that, that crazy character that she would be. Uh, I might, I might try and find that tonight then. Cause that does sound interesting. Yeah. She, uh, it showed like, you know, how she was, she was actually this, believe. Um, right, who's this guy in the, who's, who's this guy in the hood here? There's a guy, yeah. Is it that fan that was separating them? No, <laughs> no, that is, I don't think it's the same guy. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if this was Marty Janetti in the ring. Yeah, you're actually probably right. Yeah, you're right. Boom! Look at Marty Janetti. Yeah, man, I call this is this is leading up to his only Intercontinental Championship run. It's leading up to the only thing that, like, you know, meant anything except for him getting super kicked through a fucking window. Yeah. Good stuff um, though here that we're seeing. Yeah, except for they still haven't gotten the whole gimmick about make sure you're always facing the camera. That's something that WWE would get better at as the years went along. Manhattan crowd is why is, is live for this. They want to see Marty Shinetti get his hands on Shawn Michaels, the former former rockers. Um, you know, getting back to Luna for Sean for a moment. I know it has nothing to do with this this episode of Monday Night Raw. Um, but uh, it was it was interesting to see uh, there was a chance there there was a, a, a point in time where Medusa was going to screw over the guys in the back. I believe it was like Luna's hometown or something like that. And um, they didn't want to they didn't want to put Luna over. And Medusa was like, you know what? You deserve this. Fuck them. I'm gonna eat the pin for you. And it would have been a legitimate shoot win for Luna and something that WWE never would have been able to erase, but Luna couldn't go through with it. Interesting. A pretty fun story to hear why she never got the women's championship in WWE. Uh, you know, and it got to a point, you know, obviously with the sexual sexualization with the attitude era that she sort of just got, you know, got fed up with, but, um, sure. but yeah, no, she, uh, she would have had a women's championship run. He has, you see, one, two, three kid in the ring um, with another another nice lady in a red bikini giving a little sign around the ring like we're in a boxing <laughs> match. Nice lady. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, a pretty interesting uh, uh, story uh, that was put on by the Vice Network for Luna Bashan. Oh, that is not oh, – that is, that that is, is somebody Mar- different. That's Buff Bagwell's mother. That's not Judy Bagwell. You stop it. Yeah, Judy Bagwell. <laughs> Matt Razor looks good here, though. Yeah, Scott Hall in, in pink shape. Uh, obviously slimmed down from his days in NWA uh, in, in the Jim Crocker promotion when he was Scott Hall. When, I don't know if you ever paid attention to it back then, but at one point, Scott Hall was, was massive. Oh, yeah. And, uh, obviously, he slimmed down here for his uh, Scarface Razor Ramon gimmick. I always loved the purple oh, gear you t- with you the yellow about, You talk about when he, was, uh, when he was the diamond stud? No, this is even before Diamond Stud. He was. It might have even been like uh, Rocky Mountain Wrestling or something like that. Oh, he when, he, just, when he had the when he had the shitty mustache, the porn stash. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. See him yeah. Taking off his his, his gold chains here. Uh, Jesus yeah. Christ! Even the referee has a damn mullet. Razor Ramon has a mullet. One, two, three. What is going on? I told you, man. I'm glad I picked up on it. And that's that's good old Mike that, Kyoto. That Mike Kyoto, yeah, that that's is Mike a Kyoto. young Mike Kyoto with a blue shirt and a black bow tie. As well, ladies and a- gentlemen, if if you if you've ever kept up with Monday Night Raw, this is a very important match here with one, two, three kid taking on Razor Ramon. Uh, spoiler alert: it's a quite the upset, but it's a really great match here as Bully and I get into this here. Yeah, great one. The one, two, three kid at this point is just known as the kid. Yeah, uh, he, he is, that's right. Yeah, he he's just the gimmick. Kid. He was he was a jobber on Monday Night Raw for a while. Uh, you will later know him as NWO's sixth member, i.e. six. Uh, he would eventually become X-Pac for D-Generation X. Uh, now a WWE Hall of Famer, Sean Waltman, here <laughs> as the kid in his, uh, at this time, his patented blue gear with, uh, he almost looks like a 
LA Charger with the lightning, lightning bolts and the baby blue uh, singlet with the pants to, to match. And now as, as Razor Ramon puts him in a in an extended abdominal stretch with lift of the leg up to put some more torque on, on the kid here. Uh, but a very, very young Sean, Sean Waltman here uh, as the kid taking on uh, chiseled, uh, you know, and truly uh, bad guy here, Razor Ramon. Did you say the L.A. Charger? Isn't it the San Diego Chargers? No, it was the scene. That there we go. We we, we mentioned on our show uh, where we talked about full gear that you weren't you weren't caught up on sports. They were the San Diego Chargers a few years ago. They moved to Los Angeles, and now Jesus, uh, they share the town with uh, the L.A. Rams. Bold of me to think that I could correct you on football. That was my own fault, but you still, can't. listen, you tried me. It's okay. I tried something. We're getting a lot of. St- oh, there we go. Uh, Razor running right into the top of this turnbuckle here. Oh, of course I think, we is get, this it? This is the moonsault. Yeah, this is it right here. A knee to the head. And we get a three. And the one, two, the, three kid is born. And the one, two, three kid has just defeated Razor Ramon in a quick match, actually. I didn't think it was that quick. But, man, what a win. Razor what an upset Ramon, here. Razor Ramon whips well, the kid into the corner. Uh, the kid moves out of the way, and Razor sort of hits, hits the, the post. Uh, and as he as he goes down the one two three or the, the kid as he's known as now uh, climbs the top rope and hits a moonsault and gets the upset pin over the bad guy Razor Ramon and, and look at the crowd the here the crowd is either like freaking out or they're in shock good stuff here you've accomplished so much in a, like two minutes I love it imagine having a jobber like I don't know like a Drake Maverick being able to upset like. I don't know, a Sheamus on Monday Night Raw. Like, imagine the sort of pop that you could get, like, sort of like what we saw here, where the one, two, three kid goes over. Is now we've gone to and from a commercial, pop if you're raw, and the camera, like, legitimately oh points at the fucking boobs. Yeah, for uh, real. Look at this guy. Ah, uh, that looks like a, like a fat Shawn Michaels. Uh, but yeah, she, they almost went straight, straight uh, nipple shot for this chick in a lime green bikini as the fink is like, hey, you're supposed to be paying attention to me, not the chick that's holding a sign that says, uh, honk if you're raw. As, and now we hear the, uh, again, the Native American chants of the interest music for Tatanka. Tatanka. Is he Love a Hall it. of Famer yet? You know, I think he is. I don't know, though. I, honest this, with you. I honestly think this is another gimmick that would not go over today. I mean, you got people complaining about the, uh, as, they do, as we see the crowd do the chop. The uh, you get now. Now, granted, Tatanka, I believe, was a true Native American. Yes, he was. Um, but the gimmick was very Scott oh my Taylor. God, Scott Taylor, shut oh. up, Scotty Too Hottie, in the role of a jobber here. Wow, oh, is that really? Man. Is that really him? It that is, look like him. That is Scotty Too Hottie sporting yet another mullet. As Tatanka has a red mohawk mullet. Um. Oh my goodness, Scotty! Love to, love to talk his gear here too. By the way, talk has got some great gear. But I guess getting back to it, that you've got the uh, the fans and, and the media coming after the Atlanta Braves for their use of the tomahawk chop. Uh, you get to talk it here with the Native American gear that is extremely uh, stereotypical for the Native American culture. Um, you know, with a name like Tatanka, and it looks like Scotty Tupati goes over the top rope. Could have blown out a knee there. Um, but again, just a gimmick that I don't think would go over well uh, in yeah, today's I mean, climate. I can remember, and I can't remember who it was, somebody giving uh, Tatanka a promo that was very, hey, how are you? That kind of shit. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would definitely not go over well. Super disrespectful. But yes, to your point, Tatanka is actually a Native American. I got a close up on Scott Taylor just now, and that's definitely. Uh, oh, no, that's him. Yeah. That's definitely Scotty Too Hotty. Wow. 1993 version. Of Sky Too Hotty, I believe in one of these old classic Monday night Monday Night Raws out of out of the Manhattan Center, we would see a young uh, a young Hardy boy. I think it was I think yes. it was Matt Hardy at one point too. Um, but man, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is fun here. Like it's you know it's not that I mean it's it's decent wrestling. I haven't seen a whole lot of um, you know a whole lot besides of mis- that besides that Paul driver spot in the first match that like, there hasn't been anything crazy it's been it's been a good been a good little event it'd be it'd be interesting to see if uh if this was in the pre-recorded days to know that if they missed the spot is to talk it hits a power slam on should have covered him right there 
Yeah, that should have been over. Um, oh, but, he's gonna uh, do the 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 thing, the chop. Isn't that his finisher? Oh yeah, no, it's a backhand elbow as he whips Scott Taylor to the ropes and hits him with an elbow on his way back. Um, yeah, no, I'm wondering if this is the still the days when they were pre-recording their episodes, so that uh, if they did botch anything, um, they could go back and retape it. I know they were they were infamous for doing that for quite some I'm pretty, time. I'm pretty sure they didn't start going live until like 95. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think this was live. Another power slam here. Tatanka really showing some power against the uh, eventual cruiserweight uh, and, and member of Too Cool, uh, Scotty Too Hottie. It's so hard to believe this is Scotty Too Hottie right here. Besides the worm, you know what I think of when I think of Scotty Too Hottie? I think of his theme song. Turn it up! Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Too Cool was actually like, it was sort of that like the New Day gimmick that it was so dumb that everybody knew that it was dumb that eventually somehow got over with the crowd. And they would always, after their matches, they would dance. They would incorporate uh, the Usos' dad, Rikishi. Uh, Rikishi would come out and, and do their dance with uh, the, the son of Jerry Lawler and, and uh, Christopher, Christopher, well, Christopher Lawler, Christopher, uh, what was his, his in-ring last name? Well, There's the shop. Yeah, there it is. It was Grandmaster Sexy, but it was Christopher. Oh, God, it's going to drive me nuts. Yeah, I can't think of it either, honestly. I can't want to say um, Daniels, but I know that's not right. <laughs> uh, you know what? I wonder why they never did the Freebird rule with Too Cool. I don't either. That would have been really cool. But, yeah, you'd have you'd have Grandmaster Sexy and, and Scotty Too Hottie, you know, right now known as Scott Taylor, get and do their uh, – you know, it looks like a little little version of the white noise here. That might be it for Scotty Too Hottie. Scott Taylor goes down to Tatanka. Um, I've got to look it up. Poor, uh, rest in peace also to Scotty or to, to Scotty Too Hottie to Grandmaster Sex A. Uh, Christopher Lawler um, passed away a few years ago uh, to some um, sort of, of weird circumstances. I believe he was in jail and Brian Christopher. That's why I couldn't get it out. Brian Christopher, Brian Christopher. yeah. Brian Christopher Lawler. His, his, yeah, his real name was Brian Lawyer, yeah. Brian Christopher Lawler, uh, the son of Jerry the King Lawler, died with some some uh, weird circumstances. And now we get a WWF King of the Ring report. With Mean oh, Gene Oakland. Mean Gene with that tie. Look at that tie. Hey, it's mean like Jean. a school bus. Mean Gene's the first person on the show that has not been sporting a, uh, a mullet. It's because he didn't have the hair to do it. He didn't. He'd have the whole Kogan mullet. That's what he'd have. That doesn't uh, work for me. That doesn't work for me, brother. I miss me and Gino. I miss all these guys, man. All the guys that have left us. Imagine the show, the wrestling show that you could put in heaven with all the guys that have passed. It'd be it'd be quite an event. Dave still wouldn't give it five stars. No, fucking Dave Meltzer. I uh, an hour the, hour long Iron Man match at the Pearly Gates. Peter as the referee, you still won't get five stars. You get a this WWE, is how Yoko's this is how Yokozuna gets his belt back. Yeah, you get a WW. It actually looks like E with with Hogan's uh, head covering up the bottom of the F. A WWE Championship match being plugged for King of the Ring Sunday, June thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna. That's right. Hogan's your champion here after WrestleMania when. Uh, the title uh, Yoko, Yokozuna defeated Bret Hart, and then for some reason you have Hogan coming there. Yeah, because they wanted Hogan champion on the UK tour or some bullshit. I I hated that so much. But Yokozuna Looking gets spelled back. back most most uh, hated that, that 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 angle too. It was so stupid. Uh, then we get a King of the Ring tournament. Bret. Oh, this is when they used to do the King of the Ring on the same night. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Bam Bam Bigelow in the tournament. Bret Hart and Razor Ramon. Tataka and the narcissist Lex Luger. Lex Luger. A, a match that would make uh, Greg Crush. Hamilton hot. Um, Crush and old Shawn Michaels, yep. Yeah, good old Brian Adams here. King of the Ring qualifying match this week on Superstars. Uh, another qualifying match, it looks Mr. like Kamala and Mr. Hughes. Nice, that's cool. Rest in peace to Kamala as well. All the people that, that have left us that, that were, you know, I'm, granted this is this is hard to believe it was almost 40 years ago now, but so many, so many guys that are no longer here. I'll tell you what. So, so I don't mean to be morbid, but your, your heavenly main event of a, of a, of a heaven super show between some past wrestlers, you got a lot to choose from. Who would you put in a main event match? Oh man. Like a um, fantasy, a fantasy book 
uh, uh, Heaven WrestleMania, Heaven Mania match. Heaven Mania I match. I know exactly who I would, I would go ahead and put there for the the H. I don't know how you would. I don't know how you would. Can I, can I open the forbidden door and bring somebody from hell? Oh, man. Ah, uh, fuck. I know where you're going with this. No, like, <laughs> okay, I, don't, I, like, I won't do that. I won't do that. It's I fine. I don't like um, it one bit. Let's do... Um, Man, it's kind of hard. Oh, no. Okay, hold on. It's coming to me. Uh, I love this. Look at this one piece. I'm into that. Here um, comes Kamala. We get a match with Kamala here on Monday Night Raw. Future member of the Dungeon of Dune, Kamala. Another another gimmick that would not go over because this man is from Louisiana. Ooh, you get oh, Kamala take it on Yokozuna. Yokozuna. What a match. Yeah, I, you know, while you think about it, I'll tell you. My main yeah, I can't event, think about it. Yeah, go ahead. My main event for the Heavenly Championship title would be uh, a ladder match. Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero versus Owen Hart. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. That yeah. would be fun. If we could fantasy book a championship match now. I mean, you also got to think. I mean, there's so many people that are, that are there now. You got, you know, the Macho Man is no longer here. Uh, you think of Mr. Perfect, Rick Rude. Um, Roddy you, Piper is who I'm, you know, Roddy, thinking yeah, of. Yeah, Roddy Piper. You can get a Roddy Piper versus Macho Man Randy Savage match up there. Snap it to a Slim Jim. We get a nice Slim Jim promo here oh, from old wow. Macho Man. I forgot that's, you know, the story behind that is that part of the reason WCW wanted Macho Man Randy Savage was because of the, the Slim Jim co-promotion as we see Mr. Fuji bring out Yokozuna. Yeah. Um, because that that uh, sponsorship money basically paid this for the salary of the Macho Man Randy Savage in his early days in WCW. Eric Bischoff's gone on record many times and saying that's one of the reasons why it was so beneficial for Randy Savage to jump ship at WCW, not just to mention that Vince did not want him to wrestle in WWE anymore. Yeah. He thought he couldn't do it anymore, and that's why he put him on commentary. But obviously, Savage had many years left in him oh, uh, to put on some terrific matches in WCW. So, and to just reinvent so himself, silly on his part. Yeah, reinvent himself in a few different characters, a few different you know uh, versions of his character. As he'd come out with the madness, uh, you know, Macho Man, the the NWO Macho Man gimmick, um, and then his uh, his quote unquote like cooler gimmick, where he would come out in the ring with Gorgeous George. Um, good stuff. Uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage come up with, but now we get Yokozuna. Right, hold on, oh, I've got my match real quick. Uh, Birdie Lee and Big Van Bader. Ooh, yeah, dude, perfect. I'll take it. Um, we get Mr. Fuji here. I believe he's already he has passed us as well. As has Yokozuna. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Yokozuna still a little slimmer here, but we get a Samoan dressed as a Japanese sumo wrestler. Uh, Yokozuna in the infamous, uh, I'm not sure what the, the parental name, the, the, what's the, what are they, what do they call it? The, it's not a gi, is it? Or I, I, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a Japanese gi. I'm thinking about the, the, like the surname of the, of the Samoan family that he is the cousin. Oh, of I cannot, yeah, I cannot remember. I believe he's the uncle of Roman Reigns or something like that, or a cousin of Roman Reigns. Um, we, we talked about Jamal and Rosie, Umaga and, and Rosie. Um, and as you see, Yokozuna set up his sumo gimmick as the Louisiana-born, uh, I don't know what, what country they, they bill him out of. Um, Uganda, you, the Uganda the giant. The Ugandan giant. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got two guys, not from where they say they are, in gimmicks that uh, are, are very stereotypical. Very charactery. That I again, if if you wanted to try to make those gimmicks work, you, you might be able to, but you'd still have those uh, those. How do you want to describe them? The the the, the, the woke the woke folks. Yeah, the let's call them the woke left would have something to say about these gimmicks. And I missed almost. Oh, this is ugly. Missed the clothesline under the wrong arm. Uh, I can't even Kamala. Hits the rope like almost in the corner to bounce back and just now a lot, he's of, just a, lot of ch- a lot of stiff chops here. We got a chop right to the neck here. Oh, we're selling this hard, aren't we? Oh yeah, these are two big guys on paper. This is a, a match of legendary proportions. You've got 
the you know the massive Yokozuna, the Ugandan giant Kamala. You would think putting these two big two big men in the ring, you could have a slobber knocker, as Jr. would eventually call them. But they are very very sloppy. And like you said, uh, I keep wanting to call him Umaga, but Kamala is selling these punches, and I feel like we almost got some dick shot here. And a leg drop Ooh. from Yokozuna, all ass to the face of, of Kamala. Ooh. You know who some of my favorite Yokozuna matches were? Him and Undertaker, man. Those are good stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. That, that was I, good stuff. The Undertaker made Yokozuna look like a million bucks. Now, granted, Yokozuna can work, but the Undertaker can make him look so much better than he was. I still remember, I've got an old VHS tape as we see another set of chops uh, from both of these guys going back and forth here. Um, I have an old WCW or WCW, WWF home video, Coliseum video, where it was a, it was a Saturday morning superstars as, as Mr. Fuji gets involved to trip up. Uh, uh, Ooh. Oh, a super kick by Yokozuna. Um, it, was a, it was a Saturday morning superstars match. The WWF championship was on the line as Diesel defended against Yokozuna. The match looked over quick. Uh, Yokozuna went and hit a leg drop on, on, on Diesel, Kevin Nash, as it looks like we're set up for the bonsai drop here to end this match. Uh, but we would get uh, Yokozuna dropping a leg, crushing the face of Diesel, would go up for what he's going for now, the bonsai drop. Uh, Yo- Diesel would move out the way. Oh, and the bonsai drop to... to and that's, that's it. That's it for Kamala. Yokozuna gets the win here on Monday Night Raw. Um, so that was a that was a King of the Ring qualifier match, correct? No, Yokozuna's fighting Hogan for the for the championship. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, this is this like was a, just a yeah, just to get Yoko getting strong. Yeah, put Yoko over to get him set up for this world title rematch. Um, but yeah, so he would so Diesel would move just out of the way that or the ring would pop um, as he was going for the bonsai drop, and Diesel would get the roll up pin. So it's about a two or three minute match on Saturday Morning Superstars in a, in a title defense for Diesel over Yokozuna. That's one of my most memorable matches with Yokozuna, but you'd also get Yokozuna in the in the Court of Cornet, whatever you want to call it, uh, where he would he would team up with the likes of Owen Hart and the British Bulldog before Vader would come in and, and take that role from him. Oh, yeah. We're getting, wow. a, getting a tour here, a tour announcement, it looks like, where they're going to be touring on Mars, it seems like. Yeah, that's... that's, that's you got all all American wrestling tour Sundays twelve noon Eastern. It looks like they're at Caesar's Palace again, uh, with some nice green screen work here. You know, some of my best, some of my favorite moments, like I, you know, were, were on Yokozuna's later days in WWF, was when he had that um, that rivalry with Vader, the two big men always going at it. Vader would yeah, that was fun. Would you know work work break the leg of Yokozuna? Uh, just really really cool stuff there when Vader would jump ship and come over here. To WWF is now we hear the the music of Shawn Michaels uh, come out for a match for the Intercontinental Championship match here on Monday Night Raw. It might be the main event here of the show. I think we are getting the main event here because I guess it's going to be Marty Jannetty. Yeah, let's see. We'll let the champ come out first here. This is 36 minutes in, 36, 24, 25. Um, so we've got about 11 more minutes left here on this show. Uh, if you're going by the timestamp. So I believe this is going to be your last match here on Monday Night Raw from May 17th, 1993, as uh, Alfonso back in the ring for the referee, as the referee for this Intercontinental Championship match. It's Howard Finkel calling the, uh, oh, here we go. Marty Jannetty running to the ring with the old rocker music, sort of like uh, Roman Reigns carrying that Shield music for, it seems like about 10 years after the Shield broke up, before he finally got some new, new music. You know, look at Shawn year. Michaels. Look at Shawn Michaels' cow pants. I was, I was looking at Marty Jannetty's, uh, like, uh, what do you call them? The uh, gas the station pants. I was looking. At, I, I, they remind me of the gas station, like plastic cups. I was thinking. Um, I see Shawn Michaels' cow pants now. You're right. Yeah, like, he's, got, he's wearing. He's rocking the booty man pants. He Those. is, man. And, and if you ain't booty, uh, that'll come years later. But yeah, no, that's. And I think that's a different gimmick. Um, but the booty man, also known as uh, the Zodiac, also known as Brutus the oh, Barber Beefcake. Oh, I, I, I get where you're going. I try to take out Brutus Barber Beefcake out of my wrestling knowledge. Yeah, he's awful. I don't know how he's a Hall of Famer. He lashed on to Hogan for so many years. Yeah, like he, that's, how, that's how he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And it's some nice action here. 
Oh, oh, oh that looked like you could have been ugly. Flip. Wonderful sunset flip there. Yeah, these guys know each other really well here. Uh, again, a couple guys is not so much of a mullet. He's got some hair in the front. Shawn Michaels rocking the mullet with Marty Jannetty very close to having yet another mullet here in 1993. Especially considering these guys are wrestling in, like Shawn Michaels is from Texas. I don't know exactly where Marty Jannetty's from. But a lot of these guys wrestling in WWF are not from the South. And no. the South, South is where you're typically known to, to be rocking the mullets and to, ooh, a nice little arm drag reversal into a clothesline by Marty Jannetty on Shawn Michaels. And there he goes over the top rope. See, in WCW, that would have been a disqualification. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a disqualification. You're absolutely right. Uh, no, it was a strike over the top rope. We didn't throw him over. It was a clothesline. Oh, that's so right. Yes, uh, semantics. Excuse me. Yeah, nice but Baseball slide, baseball pull slide. in there. The patented Shawn Michaels pull over the top rope by Marty Jannetty. Beautiful crossbody. We're yeah. getting a lot of good action here. Yeah, these guys are going at it. Poor Marty Jannetty. Like, he's a decent worker here, considering that he would just he would fizzle out as Shawn Michaels would become a Hall of Famer. And now he's, he's obviously, you know, these days he's rocking the whole methed out look with missing teeth and still talking about how it's okay to sleep with his daughter. And Marty's now he, a, he's a how he wants to sleep. He, he wants to sleep with a blind woman or something. Yeah. Marty, man, if you, if you, so if you're listening to the show and you're a wrestling fan, you've heard of Marty Janetti, you've heard of the Rockers. You should have known the story of how the Rockers broke up on, on the, the barber shop. Shawn Michaels would throw him through a, a glass window. as was almost sort of a missed whip, a uh, missed uh, super kick, another duck under an undercut to a under. Great. Uh, oh, another head oh, takeover. Yes, I love it. Good action here. Fast and furious action here by Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. But uh, if, a quick Google search of Marty Jannetty would give you some pretty uh, pretty disturbing uh, images, pretty some, some pretty disturbing uh articles that you could read about marty Janetti. um whereas at one time he, he looked like this and then you know we mentioned the uh the plane ride from hell episode of of dark side of the ring on this show probably a, a couple months ago now um i believe marty Janetti was was on a, an episode of dark side of the ring where basically all but cop to the fact that that these wrestlers used to use quaaludes a la bill cosby to sort of take advantage of dates and loosen up dates to kind of do some really scumbaggy things so although this match is, is really good it's a lot of really dark stuff going on with marty Janetti as we get the the what what would what would michael cole call that the vintage sean michael vintage uh where he gets rolled up over the top rope as he gets whipped in and onto the outside tries to take the intercontinental title from howard finkel he's he's getting out of here he doesn't want any more of marty Janetti. he said fuck this shit as uh, i got things to do I got I got a match with Mr. Perfect coming up. You you not see him beat me up outside of the arena? Fuck this noise. Oh, speak of the devil, Mr. Perfect catches him on the ramp and says, "Nope, you're not leaving this match here." And about Shawn Michaels about takes a shot at a fan. Perfect looks Perfect looks good here too, man. Looks so good. Another got another just really sad story and and another. Missed opportunity to never be a world champion in WCW or WWE. Go to a commercial break, come back, and Marty Jannetty still got control. Oh, old school spot where he flips him over the top rope. Another head scissor takeover, but he gets the – basically catches him and hangs him up on the top rope to Shawn Michaels to Marty Jannetty. Mr. Perfect Tip-top shape here. You know where I love Mr. Perfect, too? Where he uh, was there in the 2002 Royal Rumble, um, the one that uh, Triple H went over? Yep. I loved him there, man. I really did. Yeah, he, you know, he was set to have a decent run when he returned in 2002. Then the plane ride from hell happened. He got into a shoot fight with uh, Brock Lesnar as we see some, some punches not being sold here by Janetti. Um, and, uh, and somebody had to be a casualty of that flight. Mr. Perfect would lose his job and go over to TNA for a short stint before his, his untimely passing and would, would use the gimmick as I'm the guy that took down Brock Lesnar at 40,000 feet. But again, just a missed opportunity because I think he was set up for a 
pretty, pretty, you know, good run to close out his career in WWF and, and WWE. And it just, it was cut short to an unfortunate circumstance, you know, with, that would, you know, what would be called the plane ride from hell is covered on dark side of the ring. That's due to the chest there. Janetti doing a uh, decent amount of selling here. Yeah, this match Great has slowed down there. considerably considering uh, how fast-paced this match was to start. They've done a good job of slowing yeah. him down and holding him down with a with a, a rear chin lock here after the the I forgot what you already called it the snapmare snapmare. Thank you. The snapmare into a reverse chin lock here. Another resting hold. Mr. Perfect on the outside looking along. You can see him in the bottom left side of your screen. That jacket is like, comfy. Looked like fucking Norm McDonald next to him. It wasn't, but it looked like him. Black hair, goofy ass smile. Oh, I mean, they're in New York. You never know. They go back to zoom in on the crowd. Maybe we'll take another look. They He's right beside on. Perfect. Oh, good catch there. Catches the catches little the, catapult. Yeah, catches the drop kick into a catapult. Put Shawn Michaels into the corner. These guys have put on a decent match. Obviously, it's slowed down. You can't you can't keep that. And the crowd, the crowd's loving it. Crowd is loving this match. Yeah, not a very big crowd. You're in the Manhattan Center. Like it's it's a pretty small arena. But like you said, especially the people in the front row, they're they're hot for it. They're still buying that this is this is a shoot, not a work. Oh. A nice, uh, you know, I don't know what you call it, but a nice little snapback from Janetti to Shawn Michaels on the reversal. Some more whip to the ropes, and they pick the pace back up. Great, great elbow here, too. Janetti's got some momentum. Stiff right hands. Back to the ropes. Duck the clothesline to Shawn Michaels. Beautiful oh, power, power slam. slam. Almost too much momentum there on Michaels' part. Almost power slammed him out of the ring. He almost kept sliding underneath the rope. Oh, that's a slick jacket, man. I gotta say, it's there's not much to it. Oh, what a move by Marty Janetti! Oh, not quite a not quite a uh, a, a moonsault, but sort of a, a backing to a cross body. Yeah, yeah a cross body, like a backflip to a cross body here. Back and suplex, flip up, reversed. Another reversal. Goes there's the, the roll up. up. And he pulls him over. Oh, the tights. See, we almost see some Marty Janetti nuts. Those that you saw full ass cheeks and oh. the sweet chin music. The sweet chin music. That should be it. And Shawn Michaels is not going for the pin. Instead, he is going to talk shit to Mr. Perfect. God, the sweet chin music. That's over. I got a feeling we're going to get a title change here. EJ, what do you I think? I think so. That's what might happen here. Oh, because we're wasting time here. Oh, yep. And the Roll cradle. Up. And we have a there new Intercontinental Champion. And Marty Janetti. Mr. Perfect throws the towel in for the distraction on Shawn Michaels. And Marty Janetti is your new Intercontinental Champion. Wow. Are you kidding me? This is how Marty Janetti became the Intercontinental Champion. What a fun and show. It was a fun show. I feel like we should do this again, even though even even if it's not requested, we need to find old nitros that are like only like forty five minute nitros. Yeah, just do it. Just do some quick nitros. That's not a bad yeah, idea because this is this is this is fun. It's not a long it's not a long show. Like I know we've done a a watch along on a pay per view of the Royal Albert Hall Battle Royal, but like this was fun. You get a, you know, the Titan yeah, that sports. was that was a that was a fun show too. As ridiculous as it was, really fun. Check that in our archives. Yeah, uh, PJ Steven, that was your Monday Night Raw from May 17th, 1993. What were your, let's, I, I'm not really sure where to go from here. What were your big takeaways from the show? Well, I mean, honestly, it was a pretty important Raw, it seems like. I mean, we had a new Intercontinental Champion. We've got uh, a chopper and the kid now being one, two, three kid defeating uh, Razor Ramon. I mean, that's fun stuff. I think it was a really good event. Um, and just a quick 45-minute Raw, but uh, a lot you could take away. And great uh, great ring psychology as well. I mean, like, they were all, you know, pretty decent matches. I bet being there was really fun. They probably did a couple of dark matches too. Yeah, it'd be interesting to go back and look at and see about the dark matches that were on the show. Uh, obviously, you, you mentioned 
the one, two, three kid was made here on this show. He would, he would eventually become, uh, you know, a pretty big star. I'm not sure. I know he was a former tag team champion in WWE later on when, after he would leave and come back, he would have, he would have more success. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, we had the one, two, three kid crowned. We had a new intercontinental championship crowned. Uh, we got to see uh, the, the smoking guns in action. We got to see a, a Yokozuna win to build up to the, his, his, you know, future world title win against Hulk Hogan at King of the Ring 93. Uh, we got some, some, you know, back and forth here uh, with, with Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect. We got to see some, some King of the Ring promotional activity here going on May 13th, 1993. Really fun show, PJ. Thanks. Thanks for doing this with me, man. Of course. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I really did enjoy it, to be honest with you. This is cool. Um, although I'm, I'm pretty sure it's May 17th. What did I say? May 13th? Yeah. God, I did that earlier, too, before we went on the air. Yeah, May 17th, 1993. Uh, Bully Rye has had a hard time talking while recording uh, this show. Uh, nevertheless, uh, a really fun show. We've also we've got some fun stuff coming up. Uh, we've, we've recorded another show that, that should be coming if it hasn't already aired yet. Uh, but going into the end of the year, uh, we've got uh, Survivor Series 2021 that has just happened recently. Or depending on when I decide to launch this show, it's coming up this coming Sunday. So stay tuned. Either way, we've got a Survivor Series 2021 review coming your way. And then we've got a Starcade, a classic Starcade that we have not settled on to review before the end of season three of the show. And then finally, we have one more listener request. Uh, we have another Halloween Havoc that's been been requested that, that PJ, Steven, and I review. So we will get to that. But nevertheless, I hope you've enjoyed our bonus watch along of Monday Night Raw from May 17th, 1993. Stay tuned for some more football podcasts on the way, uh, along with some more pay-per-view reviews from PJ Steven. Uh, and for PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Rye. We'll see you next time right here on Tap House and Touchdowns.